0: Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video Smart Lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You, know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. Get fingerprint recognition. Ufi video lock that's e-u-f-y official.com forward slash video lock and it's time for you to gain control of your door again that's eufy e-u-f-y welcome to the boneyard with steve robertson as always i am your good friend and host steve robertson here on the magnificent monday edition of the yard so happy to be back with you wish we were discussing the Mississippi State win but we'll get into everything that was and is to be and unpack it all very disappointed with the result on Saturday as many of you are we went into that ball game knowing that we we had four winnable games four winnable games we have now lost what we felt was a winnable game and now we have three of four winnable games left of course i'm not giving mississippi state much of a chance to beat alabama I'm a bit of a realist when it comes to that sort of thing. I'm not going to go in there pick the upset over Alabama, despite the fact that it's in But We're a much different team than we were two years ago. Alabama's a much different team than they were two years ago. It's a golden opportunity missed. I'd like to thank Rob Skelton for his contributions to Alabama football. Dan Mullen choked a little bit down the stretch there. Todd Grantham sent the house. We didn't get there. Jalen Hurts made the throw. I know that's uh, digging at an old scab. I'll stop. Has nothing to do with our current situation, but I don't expect us to. I don't expect us to win that ball game. I ho- hope we have a little pride. You know, there's a few things that I wanted to get into today, and uh, and pride being one of them. That was one of the things that I thought was a little bit lacking on on Saturday. I didn't think we came out and played with a lot of pride. I thought defensively we really struggled. We made Kellen Mine look like a Heisman candidate. He is a very, very, very average quarterback. And that was one of the things that, you know, in his history. He has, now, granted, he's, he's, he's gained some experience. He's done a better job in some respects. but uh, But he's not an elite quarterback. There are some elite quarterbacks in the league. He is not one of them. He had a big game against Mississippi State, really for the first time in his career. So hats off to you, Kellerman. You made us look silly. You won the ball game. And I think they're all feeling pretty good about themselves today at five and three. It's still going to be a very difficult year for them. Still going to be beneath the expectations. But they beat Mississippi State for the first time in four tries. So where do we go from here? That's one of the things that people want to ask. Well, you know – let me go ahead right out of the gate. I'll tell you this, and this is a somewhat educated opinion. Uh, barring an absolute total collapse, and what I mean by that is is that, you know, there, this there's a major scandal or something like that, uh, Joe Moorhead's going to be your football coach next year, and probably beyond that. And that's one of the things that you begin to kind of, you know, make decisions with reason, you know, and, and, and one of the things I've learned about that is is that everybody can find the, the narrative that fits, their line of thinking you know it would be somewhat uh, irresponsible I guess to suggest that, that uh, hey you know everything's okay because it's not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I told you after we lost earlier in the year I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's okay because I don't I don't know that's going to be the case I also think there are some significant issues and some people call them excuses I don't, I don't think it's an excuse that Tommy Stevens can't stay healthy I think that's a reason you're having to play a true freshman quarterback who I think is probably the one thing that all Mississippi State people can agree on. It's that Garrett Schrader is a special player and going to win a lot of football games here at Mississippi State. I think we can all agree on that. No matter how you feel about offensive philosophy or defensive effort or coaching staff or you know how much ice is in the drinks or whatever, we can all agree Garrett Schrader is the one thing about this season you can feel really good about. We may disagree about everything else, but we agree on that. So Garrett is going to be the quarterback the remainder of the season. And what needs to happen is State needs to find a way to win these three winnable games and get to a bowl game and Garrett Schrader uh, be the hero. And then, uh, you know, find a way to uh, to win that bowl game and have some juice heading in. Because right now we don't have any juice. We, 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 we don't have anything – Positive to feel good about when it comes to Mississippi State football, we have gone from enjoying football season to enduring it, and I think in many respects we felt we were probably immune from that that we had outgrown that. And there are times that I you know I, I'm I'm of the same you know revisionist history sometimes too when I look back at the Dan Mullen era because you know, the when when I immediately think the Dan Mullen era, what immediately flashes into my mind. It's 2014 Auburn. That's what I think about. I, I, I don't think about us struggling to beat Bowling Green. Sometimes I do think about us losing to South Alabama. I don't think about us going over and blowing that ball game in 2014 it, it'll Miss when they had a one-legged quarterback and no wide receivers and still beat us. I don't think about that. I think about the good times. I think about beating Auburn. I think about beating A&M. Think about 2013 Egg Bowl what that meant to us. Think about 2009 Egg Bowl and Corey Broomfield, Deacon Down, Jevons Need. God rest his soul. But those are the things that I think about. But when I get back, sometimes and, you know, I pull up the old record and I think, you know, the the one thing that Dan did that I think is probably the most remarkable, and going to number one was incredible. But I think perhaps this might have been the bigger accomplishment at Mississippi State, is that we, we never had those crater years. We never had the three, nine, four, and eight years. We just didn't do it. So when our rebuilding years still ended with a bowl game. And so we kind of learned to live how the other half lived. We're thinking, you know what, yeah, we're not, we're not contending for Atlanta. But you know what, man, it sure is nice to be able to go to a bowl game every year. Yeah, I love Nashville this time of year. What? Charlotte, North Carolina? Let's pack the car and go. I've never been. We'll get to play in the Carolina Panthers Stadium. Oh, that's cool. Hey, we had a bad year in 16, but we've still eked out a ball game. We're going to get to go play in St. Petersburg, Florida, indoors. Let's go do it. And so that's the big accomplishment to me, as great as being number one was, that we never we never had those roller coaster years of Bulldog seasons gone by where we were... You know, we'd we'd build and build and build and get a senior-laden team, and we'd get to a, a you know mid-level ball game, and then the next year we would be right back down in the bottom because uh, we weren't able to sustain the success because we would hit the end of a recruiting cycle, and then we'd have to start the process over. And so that is one of the things that I think you have to give Dan Mullen a lot of credit for. It's just avoiding those years that you simply couldn't do it. Now, it's a different day and time. You put you do play 12 games. You are allowed to play an FCS team every year, and then that counts towards bowl eligibility. And so uh, that's helpful. But you still had to find a way to go out there and win five other games, and some of those had to be conference games. And even though I think Scott Strickland and Mike Nemitz and those guys did a great job, you know, basically scheduling Mississippi State a bowl game, They'd go out there, and we we just we wouldn't get in a situation where we had to play a bunch of non-conference games that weren't winnable. And people would say, "Well, you know, Steve, I'd rather play Notre Dame and USC and Oregon." And you know what? I think that's great. But I think Scott Strickland said it best. I love a great, you know, power five or non-conference matchup every year in December and or January. I I I love it. You know, I, I don't need. I don't think we have to lower the hurdles. But at the same time, I don't know why we shoot ourselves in the foot. But we're going to get into some of that today. We're going to get into the ballgame. We're going to get into what looks ahead. Uh, and can Mississippi still make a ball game? You know, I know the, the initial emotional reaction is no. But I think it all hinges on this weekend. And I'll explain that a little bit later in the show. I want to remind you, our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company now have two locations to serve you. The original location here in Starkville is the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District within walking distance of campus. Go by. Have the Lauren. Have the Bryant. Have the Spring Rolls. They'll make you better looking. It is a wonderful restaurant run by people that are invested in your community. These people are invested in a good dining experience. They're part of a family of restaurants that uh, has served the, the, the greater Starvel community for many, many years. Has served the Golden Triangle, and so now they have expanded to Tupelo, brand new location right there on Gloucester Street, getting rave reviews from a lot of our Boneyard listeners. Have people hit me up on Facebook? Said Steve, I've never been. went had a great time so go by yourself whether you're traveling through the golden triangle area or you live here give bulldog burger company the opportunity to serve you they will give you a great restaurant quality hamburger with a smile bulldog burger company with two locations to serve you now in starville and tupelo where people go to meet m-e-a-t so let's get into Saturday. I'm not going to sit here and gloss over this and say, "Well, you know, hey guys, we scored we scored 30 points." Because here is my reaction to that: we scored a lot of those points when the game had already been decided. We have got to be able to execute when the game is on the line and everybody is playing with maximum effort. You know, when you score some garbage touchdowns late, that helps build some continuity on offense. But it, yeah, you know, it, it's just not the same accomplishment. And so I know there are some among our number that are a little bit Pollyannish. I, I'm not one of them. I know some people say, well, you know, Steve's a sunshine pumper. Well, the, the, the difference is I, I think I'm more of a moderate and more of a, a, a realist than, uh, than perhaps some others because we jump on this thing and we all get negative and we want to we burn down the campus and, you know, get put bully up for adoption and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I, I, you know, I just I don't see any point in any of that. But let's talk here about the game. Uh it just felt like from the beginning that we were in trouble because, you know, we 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 come out, they defer, we didn't win the toss. We go right out there, the very first play of the game, we're trying to get Kylan Hill involved, and Kylan Hill had a much better game this week. And a lot of that was this great individual effort from Kylan. But the very first play of the game we try to swing it out to him and um uh, Garrett threw a threw a little bit hot there. Kylan gets you know, credit for a drop there. And I'm sure he'll tell you he should have had it. But our execution on that play wasn't very good. I did like the fact that we're trying to get our, our best offensive player out in space early and kind of get him going. Then we run to him, and then we have an incompletion to get it. And the next thing we punt, pretty good punt from Tucker Day. We get 50 yards there. They're backed up at the 32. And uh, defense goes out that initial drive, and uh, we get a stop. They had the one play. You know they 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 had the the, the pass the Spiller out in the flat that got him out to midfield, uh, really nice play design there. And then we we, we kind of you know we kind of held up there. Defense came out and played pretty good. I thought Marky Spencer had a good ball game. He got going early. Brian Cole had a tackle on that first drive. Uh and Jones for the PBU there. And I thought Brian Cole had one of his better games in the uniform. He did a much better job setting the edge this week. Was among state's leading tacklers. State goes out again on our second drive. We're incomplete to Dedrick Thomas. And, and that was one of the ones they got some pressure right out at, of right at us. And that was, you know, I shared on Gene's page Saturday morning. I had learned that Greg Allen and Stuart Reese were not going to make the trip. And immediately everybody says, well, that doesn't help. And they're exactly right. Tommy Champion, of course, started. Michael Story started. But, he, you know, I really thought Michael Story had a very up and down ball game. I thought a lot of that push in the middle kind of came through him. And there were times we didn't have good communication. We weren't passing guys around. And this is one of those situations where it just kind of felt that way. Uh, Kylin for no gain, and then Schrader gets loose for 25 yards, and it's called back for on a hold. Uh, it was a hold, okay. I, I didn't think that it uh, one of those phantom plays, but you know, Garrett goes out and gets you 25 yards, and uh, you felt felt like worst case scenario, maybe we can flip the field here. We didn't. We, we and this is and that's one of the things too that's been consistent this year, uh, penalty wise. We have had some, you know some bad penalties if if memory serves me correct we only had five this one was a big one because it put us behind the chains third and 15 we run for five we end up punting 41 yards but they get it basically at midfield so now they're winning the field position game right out of the gate starting up at midfield and they of course cash in go right on down kellen Mond uh, with a rushing score we got called for an offsides on the on the first and goal down there again you know, we didn't have a lot of penalties, but had a couple early in the ballgame. We have a chance to come back and drive, and uh, this is when we had one of those. I, I, did, I did not appreciate this, this play, okay, <laughs> when it happened the way that I probably should. On second 10, Garrett Schrader gets outside runs out of bounds and um, gets shoved down. L- let me be honest with you. I, I don't think Garrett was shoved down. I think Garrett absorbed the contact and made a very savvy play there and gets down and gets us a cheap 15 yards. That's how it looked to me. I might be totally wrong there. I think Garrett Schrader kind of outfoxed him there. And that's the risk you take, Tyree Johnson. You know, when you engage with a quarterback or a player in the white, you're kind of at their mercy. And even though it didn't amount to much, I thought it showed a lot about Garrett Schrader's understanding of the game it's about to be third and nine, but instead it's first and 10 due to the penalty. Then we're incomplete because Garrett had a very difficult time early in the ball game, seed receivers. You know, that was one of the things against Elwood that He came out there and he, he saw the field. Well, it spread the ball around. Well, we didn't do that early in this ball game. And then, uh, Garrett Schrader throws the interception. I don't think it was an inter- interception. I think it was a bad call. And I think the fact that they reviewed it made it even worse. Uh, you throw the ball to Isaiah Zuber, he catches the ball, he is down. Okay, it's not like the NFL, and I tweeted out down by contact. Contact doesn't matter in college. You catch the ball and you go down, you're down. So he catches the ball, and then Devin Morris comes over the top and takes the ball from him, and they give him an interception. Uh, they said the play stands. I thought it was a horrible call. Uh, I thought the review made it even worse, but the reality of that situation is it's 3rd and 10 it's 3rd and 10 and uh, we don't have anybody open down the field we're having to throw it short of the line to gain and so there's just not any offensive continuity and so yeah you'd like to have been able to punt in that situation but your best play on the drive and really the best play of that first quarter is Garrett Schrader uh, with an Academy award winning performance on the sideline I mean that's, that's the big play in the drive Nick Gibson had a nice run on the on that drive, but the biggest play was one that kind of gets you gets you ahead of the change because of a, a lapse of judgment by an A&M defender. And, again, thumbs up for Gareth Schrader for taking advantage and kind of knowing the situation there. And, of course, A&M goes right down in scores. Kellen rushes again. And, again, he looks like a Heisman candidate. Looks like a complete Heisman candidate here. And uh, it's 14 nothing. It's 14 nothing after one quarter, and we have not been competitive. That's the thing that I think is so stinging about all of this. And uh, I think Joe Moorhead's a great guy. I think he's a guy that understands offense. You know, I think he's somewhat handicapped, you know, having to play with a freshman quarterback. I think we can all agree with that when we can be objective about it. Because, you know, that, that sixth quarter, if we had Tommy Stevens healthy, uh, we were pretty excited about our brand of offense. We've taken some steps back. But that first quarter, and I know they got out there and they did some drills to kind of get everybody fired up and, you know, bull in the ring and that sort of stuff. But uh, that first quarter, again, we were not ready to play. And uh, when you look ahead of this weekend, you think about Fayetteville. If we show up down there, as desperate as those guys are for a win, playing at home, knowing their season is over with, and we go up there and lay an egg in that first quarter, it's going to be a long, 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 long offseason. Cannot afford to allow this to happen. We cannot go to Fayetteville and get down 14-9. We can't go up there and get down to Arkansas. We just can't. because Listen, Rakeem Boyd's a great player, but that Arkansas team is awful. They are the worst team in the SEC. But if we go up there with this self-fulfilling prophecy of, oh, here we go again – uh, it's going to be a rough day. So we get into second quarter. Cowan breaks loose for a 36-yard gain. One of the things that I thought with Cowan Hill, and there were a couple times, too, that uh, he made some big plays where he ran through tackles. So it wasn't necessarily anything schematically. It wasn't like we ran a play just to get him wide open in space. Uh, he ran with a lot of purpose. And I really thought he looked like the Cowan Hill that we saw early in the year. And I was beginning to kind of question myself. I wonder, you know, maybe is he a little bit nicked up? I really thought he played well Saturday. If you had told me out of the gate, hey, Steve, Mississippi State is going to commit just five penalties and Kyle Hill's going to run for 150, and A&M and State are going to be within 10 yards of each other in total offensive production, I would say we win the ballgame easily. But we didn't. We didn't win when we didn't really do anything easily. Uh, but this drive here, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of getting some things going. Cowan runs for 36, Raider runs for 3, keeps those linebackers on us, and then we hit Stephen Gittery for 32 yards, and it was a great throw. Really, I really felt like the best throw of the first half for Garrett Schrader. Dials it up there. Stephen Gittery does a great job, showing some body control, shields the defender, elevates, makes the play, and now it's 14-7. And now you're just thinking, man, if we can just get a stop here, if we can get, get a stop and get the ball back, maybe we've begun to find some things. But that's not what happens. That's not what happens. Against Kellen Mond, again, to his credit, goes out there, has a very good drive, complete to Courtney Davis, who I think is one of the most unheralded players in the Southeastern Conference. I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers can get him with a mid-round pick. I love Courtney Davis' game. Love him. One of my favorite players in the SEC that doesn't play for Mississippi State. But Kellen Mond gets it going. And um, despite the fact – That uh, you know they get backed up on. You remember it was first and goal at the four, and they get an unfortunate conduct penalty. We back them up, and they still scored the touchdown. We still got a call, backed them up, and and I remember thinking, man, if we can just get a field goal here, if we can hold them to a field goal, it'll feel like a win. But we did what not it? Now it's 21-7. It's 21-7, and then we have a chance to come back and answer. We don't. Three and out. Schrader incomplete. Colin Hill rushes for three. Garrett Schrader sacked. One of just two sacks on the day. Really, one of the the silver lining parts and all this is I think the offensive line had some moments, despite the fact they're missing some players. Um, but it didn't show on this drive. But then the defense stands up a little bit. We we force a three and out. We get the ball back and it's at the seven. And, and I give Braden Mann a lot of credit. That kid's an NFL player, punter for a m. But we're backed up again. Nick Gibson rushes for eight. And poor Nick Gibson turns the ball over. At this point, the game was over. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it felt. I didn't know what the final score was going to be. But you know what? We're down 21-7. The defense gets a stop. And we've got to put them right back out there after one play. And, and you know what happens. You, don't, you know the punchline already. Kellen Mond complete 16 yards. It's a touchdown. It's 28-7. And now it was really a matter of what the final score was going to be. And now while many of us quit on the team, I am happy to say that those guys didn't quit. State puts together a really good drive after that. 16 plays, 63-yard drive. It ends in a field goal. Had some opportunities to put that ball in the end zone. I really thought we – that's a particular drive. And, again, it's 28-7. Okay, so the defense is kind of relaxed a little bit, let's be honest. But I felt like that Garrett settled in and played pretty well. We called, I thought the play calling was pretty good here. Schrader complete to Mitchell for nine. Uh, Colin Hill goes for two. Uh, Colin Hill then goes for eighteen, and it gets us out there to midfield again. Colin Hill looked to be the Colin Hill we expect him to be. Uh, Schrader rushes for eleven. We're inside the 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 forty there, and uh, Colin goes for eight. Colin goes for two, gets the first down. Schrader sacked for eight, and right there I'm thinking, man, we're in bad shape here. And what does he do? He comes right back and throws an absolute dime to Farad Green. Great. Great, great pass pre- pro pickup by Colin Hill there, and that hadn't been his strong suit. But again, I think he had an NFL prospect caliber game. You know, there's some some things hit or miss we could fix there. But on this particular play, Colin picks up the blitzer, Schrader throws an absolute dime for Rod Green, makes a great catch and gets down for the first down. So now all of a sudden it's first down inside the twenty. We go two for Colin, uh, lose one incomplete to Colin, and then we kick the field goal there with 37 seconds that particular drive, probably our best offensive drive of the day. I really thought we, we mixed the match there a little bit, played with some urgency. Uh, and so we get to the half and it's 28-10 and listen, at this point we're just thinking what, what are we going to do next? Because A&M got the ball first out of the half and they did exactly what teams are supposed to do when they have people on the ropes. They answer the bell and go right down the field and they made that the, the throw out there that true freshman tied in uh watermeyer and he rumbles through four or five guys 52 yards for the touchdown it's 35 to 10 so anything any lessons that we learned and any juice that we got at halftime was pretty much dissipated one minute and 40 seconds into the second half Is it's now 35 to 10. we come back and uh put some things together offensively and again this is beginning to kind of string some drives together and and at this point the game is over but i'm just thinking about the future you know that the rest of the season you come out colin goes for four garrett goes for 10 colin goes for two schrader goes for three we call timeout and there's a we a great great pass play again of dedrick thomas and i don't know what it is garrett schrader Dedrick Thomas has kind of, been times, kind of been hit or miss. But I think when Schrader is on the field, he looks for Dedrick Thomas. And I've asked him specifically about that. And he goes, man, Dedrick has got to be a go to guy for us. And I mean, I hope that'll happen down the stretch. But Dedrick Thomas, again, 25 yards, and we're going along pretty good there. Kylan for two. We go right back to Dedrick for 14. It's a first down. Kylan for no gain, incomplete to Osiris. And then we find Zuber, who runs around the outside. And this, again, Zuber's had back to back pretty good games couple touchdowns in this one. Getting down the stretch, Zuber needs to be a bigger part of things. The H receiver is a big part of the Mississippi State offense. It was under Dan Mullen or it under Joe Moorhead. The slot receiver is a guy that's got the whole field to operate with. We did a good job here. Now it's 35-17. And, again, when you're down three scores, the game is over. But you're just thinking, okay, let's find a way. You know, let's try so we can't climb back in it a little bit. Make it somewhat respectable. Defense gives up a long drive here. As the rushes in and takes it back out at 42-17. so any hope of a comeback has pretty much, you know, long been exhausted here. But the Bulldogs didn't quit. To their credit, they didn't quit. Kyle and Hill goes out for three. Uh, we flip the quarter over. Garrett rushes for six, and we get into the fourth quarter. And again, the game is over. And then Kyle breaks loose for 39. Another big chunk play for him, where he's running through people. Garrett goes for six. Garrett goes for seven. We're complete the Dedrick Thomas again for four. We're inside the A&M 10. Kylan rushes for eight. We're down to the one. And then we have the uh, the Darrell Williams pushing and shoving thing down there, which is kind of atypical for him. And I saw some of our own players kind of getting into him with it. You know, I, and some people that I talked to later were like, you know, you hate to see it from one of your leaders. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I'm kind of happy to see that from one of my leaders. I want to see that guy still have some fire. But at some point, you got to get tired of getting beat on. And I think Darrell Williams, in that situation, was sick and tired of getting beat on. I think that's as simple as it gets. You're not going to come down there and you might win the ball game, but you're not going to disrespect us. Um, I was perfectly okay with that. It ends up being offsetting and then Kyle Hill goes over the top for the one-yard touchdown. And again, great effort by Kyle to get the ball out of the end zone. It's 42-24. We get a hold here and... uh 58-yard punt from Braidman. no return. Uh, we muffed it. We were able to get back on it there, and uh, then again we're trying to climb back in it. Schrader hit Stephen Goody for 25. They, they forced a fumble out. Nearly got down there. It was the right call. And then at that point, AM goes in and puts the game away. Uh, just, 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 just to make sure you're paying attention, makes it 49-24. Then we put together a pretty decent drive again. Schrader for 13. Then you try to go to Austin Williams. You finally get him for ten yards. You're at the the uh, the 43 there. Schrader good to Zuber for six. Colin Hill goes for 12 again, another double-digit gain for eight. Uh, a pass, for, a rush from, from Schrader for 14 uh, gets us in, inside the red zone there. Incomplete to Osiris. Complete to Kyle, uh, Colin, and we it's bad to play design there. Bad decision by Schrader. You flip that ball out to Colin. Probably you got to recognize that and throw the ball away or tuck it and go. But then we find Zuber. Great throw, catch, and run. 38 yards for a touchdown. And uh, we go for two and don't get it. And the final score is 49-30. Offensively, we played well enough to win, but we played well enough to win after the game had been decided. That's the bigger issue to me. When I think about all this, it's just like, you know, when – you know, when you coach baseball and you get down 9, 10 runs or whatever and they put it in the JV pitcher and you make a little bit of comeback and you go over there and you have your talk with your kids and say, hey, I'm glad you didn't quit. But it, it really was more about that guy I didn't want the game to be over because he wanted to get some innings for a young guy. That's how this felt. Yeah, I'm not trying to be negative or disrespectful to anybody. I do think that uh, Zuber's got to be a big part of things. We went out and signed him as a grad transfer expecting him to come in here and be an impact player. Down the stretch, Mississippi State's got to have some guys with some buy-in. And I think zuber's one of those guys he's trying to get to the NFL and so he's got to get some things on tape and so i think he's he's got to be a bigger part of things going forward Colin hill trying to get some things on tape and I think Colin too had been a little bit frustrated and I, I I'm sure when he finally when he ran through that that a m linebacker I'm sure he'd felt like the Colin hill of old and uh that's encouraging to see what's discouraging about all this is the fact that whenever we needed a stop, we we struggled to get one. We got a couple of them at times, and then the offense could get a football right back, and that's the story of the game. It's a 49-30 to 30 ball game, and you got three turnovers there, and really none of them are ones you look at and say, you know what, could have had that one back. Uh, you had the sliding grab from Zuber. That's the only one you look at and say, you know what, we may have gotten a short end of the stick there. The Gidry fumble shouldn't have happened. The, the, the Nick Gibson fumble shouldn't have happened. And, and that's one of the things we talk about playing clean. I think at this point, so many games in the season, eight games in, this is this is who Mississippi State is. This is who we are. We are a team that is going to turn the football over. We're going to create some turnovers at times. We didn't. We didn't on Saturday. I think it's the first game this year we didn't cause a turnover. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I believe that's the case. But we are a team that is going to play loose and fast with the football. We do not value ball security. We talk about it. It sounds good in the press conference, but we don't do it. That message is not getting to these guys. And sometimes maybe you're trying to do too much or whatever. But it is what it is. That is our identity. We are a team that turns the football over. So what's next? Well, what's next now it's Campus Bookmark. Campus Bookmark, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. I love all those folks. Spent Friday with a lot of those people over in Tupelo at Celebration Village signing books. They take the show on the road. So when you can't get to Starkville, maybe you can catch one of those bigger events. We had a lot of people buy Mississippi State memorabilia and items and Southern Miss and even small Miss stuff there, Campus Bookmart, three locations to serve you. But the one in Starkville is the one you're most most concerned about. When you're in town, go by and see them. And if you can't make it to town, you go order right there at CampusBookMart.net, And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, We'll give you a phrase that pays. Promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Roberts. And again, it's BSR. That'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Mom, let me tell you right now, on behalf of Dad and the kids, they want Mississippi State clothing. They want Mississippi State pajama bottoms. They want Mississippi State blankets. They want all that stuff. And you can find it all right there at campusbookmark.net. So... Uh, The big question everybody always says is, well, are we better off next year with Joe Moorhead? Uh, So, I think that's still a difficult question to answer. Uh, I think it would be unfair to completely ignore the fact that we've had the suspensions, we've had some injuries, we've had uh, some things to deal with. Some of that is part of the game of football. Injuries are part of the game. Um, you know, guys not having some buy-in part of the game. The suspension's not really so much. But collectively, they're those things, to pretend those things aren't impactful on the season is a bit short-sighted. Now, the hardline Mississippi State fan, the one that is ready for there to be a coaching change, to say, Well, oh, Steve, those are excuses. Well, they're not excuses. You can label whatever you want as an excuse to, to fit your desired result. But we're all in the same boat, and we all want the same things. And we're not going to all agree on how to get there. But I think the best thing for right now for Mississippi State folks is that Jim Warhead's going to be your football coach for next year. And I think you need to go ahead and settle in and accept that. And all of the social media postings in the world are not going to change that. It's just that it's not. What we need to happen right now is this team to catch some mojo. We need this team to go to Arkansas and win the football game. Arkansas has lost five in a row. We've lost four in a row. We're a seven-point favorite in their yard. They're gonna—they're gonna be disrespected. I'm sure they're licking their chops, thinking, "You know what? This is a game we can win. We can turn this thing around right here. We may not go to a ball game, but we can find a way to win this ball game." Much like Tennessee felt, turn their season around, goodness. But I think we go over there and we win that ball game. We go root and get a win. I don't—I don't care if it's a 20 to 17 or a three to two game. We have to find a way to go win that ball game. And I can't sit here and tell you today that uh, that's going to be an easy chore. I think Arkansas is easily the worst team in the SEC. But when you look at the road woes that Mississippi State has had this year, and really dating back to last year, under Jim Moorhead, there is something we are doing or not doing as part of our road operations that does not have us ready to open up these ball games. You know, we almost have to hope the other team doesn't come out ready to play. And I don't know if you guys remember this in 2017, we went over to Fayetteville and sleptwalked through that first half. You may recall they jumped on us early. We if we it was so many bad things that happened. They couldn't score without our help, and we helped them a lot. You know, we had we had them we held them three and out, and they had the muff punt, and they go in and score. And then we get backed up inside our own in, end zone, and we fumble, and Nick Gibson fumbles, and they recover it. And then later in the ball game, you know, the fumble on the ground, it gets kicked ahead, and they recovered inside the five. You know, I mean, it was just like anything that we could do to help them, we did. And it's going to take that kind of effort, I think, in order for Arkansas to stay in the ball game. But what happens is when you start this, here we go again, the self-fulfilling prophecy is like, okay, well, we're on the road. We're not supposed to win. That has to change. That mentality has to change. And that can't come from Joe Moorhead. That's got to come from the players themselves. That's got to come from your seniors, and and I will be honest with you. I I, I don't know that the buy-in is fully there from some of the seniors. I, I and that's what when you when you're used to winning, and then all of a sudden you have some adversity, and and I'm, and I'm going to say this, and it may hurt some feelings, but I'll say it nonetheless. There are some guys on our team that have kind of you know, they rode the coattails of guys like Montez Sweat and Jonathan Abram and, and Jeffrey Simmons. And uh, they only had to play 15, 20 snaps. Well, now that it's their turn to step up to the plate, you know, some of those guys have not answered a call. But it's Joe's job to get them ready to play. It's the senior leadership council's job to keep that locker room settled. Everything that's happened before now doesn't matter anymore. Now it's about Arkansas, because it's as simple as this. You've got no margin for error anymore. You're going to lose to Alabama. Alabama. You go win this weekend, you still got a chance to have a postseason trip somewhere. You go win this weekend, you drop that game in Alabama, you beat Abilene Christian, it boils down to the Egg Bowl. And there were so many state fans early in the year that said, you know what, it's going to boil down to that. It's going to boil down to the Egg Bowl. And that's how it's shaping up. But in order to make the Egg Bowl mean something more than bragging rights, you got to win this weekend. You absolutely have to win this weekend. And there are a lot of things we can go through and we can say, well, you know, and the bottom line is that, uh, you know, we've got this player and that player is not here, and and, uh, and that's true. But it's going to be pretty much an all-hands-on-dag deal at Arkansas. Not exactly sure Lee Autry will play. You know, he, he did play the Southern Miss game, so there will be one game that he doesn't play down the stretch. All those guys will sit against Abilene Christian, and we'll have full strength for the Egg Bowl. But Willie Gay will play this week. I think Willie Gay makes us a better defense. Willie Gay is an NFL linebacker. Willie Gay is a guy that uh, you know, against Arkansas, number one, he'll be fresh, right? But I think also too, I think Willie Gay, because of the fact that they want to run the football a little bit, and uh he is a guy that can that can play the run and the pass, he makes you a better defense. Makes you a better defense. And so the defensive effort will be there. Offensively, Arkansas is a bit of a uh an anomaly. They don't score a lot of points. They've been blistered the last two weekends, but they've also played Auburn and Alabama. Secondary wise, they're really struggling. But we can't go out there and help them. We're not a good enough team to overcome those kind of mistakes that we were in 2017. 2017 we go out there and made every mistake possible, and late in the ballgame, Nick Fitzgerald throws an absolute dime to Reggie Todd, And we basically stole the football game. We're not good enough. To get behind on the road and beat anybody. That's the reality of it. That's that's how it is. We are not a good football team. Not right now. But if you go beat Arkansas this weekend, you get some confidence, and all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, if we can just survive Alabama, we get to the Abilene Christian game, we win that ball game, then we got one game for all the Marbles. We got one game to extend the streak. We got one game. Against a team we hate the most in our own backyard, and if you can't get up for that ball game, you got no business putting a helmet on. You got no business being on a roster. But in order to make that game meaningful, you got to win this week. No ifs ands or buts about it. And listen, we've had the better of Arkansas the last several years, but it hadn't always been, uh, you know, an easy ball game. Last year was a 52 to 6 game. They were completely lost and out of position throughout the ball game. Young players last year. Some of those guys are back and playing better. I don't expect a 52-6 ball game. Yeah. We'll see how it looks later in the week. Remind you, if you're one of those folks who likes to pick winners, let me invite you to go visit our friends at mybookie.ag. Longtime sponsors of the Boneyard. Uh, they are a place that has great payouts, great odds for sports books and uh, if you're one of those people that likes to put your money where your mouth is and like to have a little skin in the game they're there to serve you very, very easy you can log on to the site it's very easy to navigate great odds, fast payouts you play, you win, you get paid what more could you ask for? again, if you're one of those folks that that likes to participate in that sort of stuff mybookie.ag is the one to go with and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, use promo code Boneyard, B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D, and that'll get you a 100% match on your initial deposit. So you're right out of the gate, you're playing with some house money. So you, 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 you offer 100, they're going to give you 100 to play with. And so once you exceed that, you, know, you can't just put your 100 in and, and withdraw and take steal their money. You know, they're going to give you some money to play with. And so, again, you're already playing with house money. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So let's look around the league here real quick before we get out of the door. Got a couple of things we got to do before we head to go see Joe Moorhead. Uh, an interesting weekend, to say the least. The LSU-Auburn game was tremendous. Tremendous. And, and again, LSU jumps number one in the country. I don't, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, don't, I think you could make that case. But I think you've really, what you've really done is given Nick Saban all the motivation that he needs to get his team going. But I don't know that Alabama is number one without Tua. Joe Burrow made some big plays. Big, big plays. They win the game 23-20. I I did like the fact that what, you know, that Gus Malzahn said at halftime. They said, well, you know, that play at the end there, he could say, we came to win the football game. And Gus is always at his best when his back's against the wall. Auburn's a good football team. Auburn defensively might be as good as anybody in the country. If they didn't have a freshman quarterback and they didn't have Boobie Woodlow hurt – might have been a different ball game. But Auburn showed that they're they're not going anywhere. Got a big ball game this weekend at home. It's a tough ball game. It's tough to go into Tiger Stadium and play. LSU's for real. I think we all see that. Uh, Tennessee absolutely blisters South Carolina. The South Carolina, again, this is the Will Muschamp ride. You know what I'm saying? It's like you there's going to be roller coasters with him. It's going to be up and down. Tennessee... 41-21, Tennessee now in a pretty good position to get into a bowl game. Uh, it's one of those things too with Tennessee. I never know what to expect from week to week. But they're they're figuring some things out. We might have gone up there and salvaged their season for them. They were on the ropes. We let them off the hook, and now here they are in the mix. Alabama, of course, beats Arkansas forty-eight to seven in a bowl game that uh, probably should have been a lot worse probably should have been a lot worse. Arkansas now currently 2-6, and 0-5 in the SEC, running out of opportunities to win an SEC game. Probably feel like this weekend is their best opportunity. And why wouldn't they? Got a Mississippi State team coming in that's really reeling. Uh, looking at some numbers, Nick Starkle was 5-19 of 19 with three interceptions. Uh, they put the young guy in, 6-7, of seven, does a touchdown late. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. Rakeem Boyd goes twelve, goes 50 yards on 12 carries. Uh, Wiley gets 40 yards. They're going to line up and try to run football against us. They don't want to throw the football, even though we've got some younger corners. That, that They're going to want to line up and run the ball, and this is why I think Willie Gay can have a big game. Alabama Jones goes to 18-22 for 235 and three touchdowns. One of those, the big uh, ricochet play that was ruled incomplete, which is still stupid. And then the younger... Tagovailoa goes 6 of 8 for 45 yards. Ran it pretty well when he was in there as far as mobility-wise. You know, you can look and see uh, he is a guy that's similar to his brother. He's not a guy – I don't know that he's the plus runner that Tua is, but uh, he is certainly a guy that's very, very athletic. You can just see him running the offense out there. He, he gets it. Pretty yeoman-like performance from a you know, business-like deal for Alabama. Didn't have to do too much. Made it look pretty easy. State's going to have to play with a lot more effort than Alabama did. Alabama won 48-7. And then the surprise of the weekend was uh, Kentucky blasting Missouri. I don't think anybody would have be been surprised that they simply had won the ball game, but they won 29-7. Uh, Missouri is beginning to fade fast. Just some people picked them to be third in the East. Um, and I think a lot of that was on the strength of the Kelly Bryant signing, but uh, they're 5-3 and three now. With some ball games left, they're going to be very, very difficult. Five and three, they go to Georgia, they host Florida, they host Tennessee, and then they'll travel to Arkansas. Probably looks like a split. Looks like a seven and five type year, which would be a pretty big disappointment when you begin to think about the expectations that many people had for Missouri. So that's that's the weekend. I had the opportunity on Sunday to watch Mississippi State play basketball. In the exhibition against South Alabama, this is a very athletic team. They're still figuring some things out. South Alabama, uh, five seniors in the in the rotation uh, that all average double figures at their last stop. At a couple grad transfers. They've got some kids that can really play. Uh, Fox went for thirty for them, and uh, he did it in a variety of ways. And uh, you know, Tyson Carter made some plays late to kind of make him give the basketball up. Uh, Tyson Carter is going to be a big part of things for Mississippi State this year. He does not look exceptionally com- comfortable at the point. At times, there are times they were switching off, as Coach Howland said post game, We kind of tried to force the ball down low, and they were switching off, and they were able to get in some passing lanes and create some turnovers. 13 turnovers for State in the first half. Got much better in the second half, but in the final two minutes, State got pretty sloppy with the basketball and let South Alabama get back in. State's up 13 with like 226 to go. And we tried an alley-oop pass, we missed it, and we're kind of getting back on defense. And the next thing you know, they make a three, and then they make another basket, and it's a four-point play. And all of a sudden, you know, it's a six-point game. And we had to hump down the stretch. We had to really get going. And uh, Tyson Carter with four big free throws where the game was on the line. That was certainly helpful. And then – Late in the ball game, the uh, Fox misses the front end of of two free throws, and then has to you know to miss the second one intentionally. He does. They're able to corral the rebound and fire up a desperation three that fell well short of the net. So it was entertaining basketball for everybody. At Humphrey Coliseum. I mean, it was a free event, obviously, and we'll get back together here pretty soon and play Florida International on November fifth. Uh, but I like the team. We did not do a lot of things with Reggie Perry in the second half. We didn't run a lot of post-offense. I I really thought Kishon Fiesel was probably the story of the game late. Uh, 12 points, 9 rebounds for him, and uh, looks a lot more athletic at his new playing weight. Just looks different. Injured his first two years. Really learning to play basketball at this level. Thought he looked well. Uh, The one guy that really impressed me, though, is freshman Iverson Molinar. And Ben Howen has spoke about him in our press conference opportunities extensively. And so I was eager to see him. And down the stretch, he was in the game handling the basketball. Uh, I think he goes for 15 yesterday. I think that's right, 15 points. He did not look like a freshman. Very, very poised, plays defense, gets out, does things, hustling for basketballs. Uh, he is going to be a great addition, and he's going to have to be. With Nick Wellerspoon out for 10 games, we're going to need Iverson to carry some of the scoring weight. And one of the things that I'll, I'll share with you, we don't have a ball handler quite like Nick Weatherspoon outside of Nick Weatherspoon. Uh, it's going to be It's going to be a process. It's going to be kind of, you know, we have have to figure some things out. I do think we'll be a little more post-oriented. And, and I, I thought Prince Adoro gave good minutes yesterday. That, that's one of the things, when you look at the depth down low with abdul Wadu, with Reggie Perry uh you know those guys down there they're going to be able to play a little bit you know and that's that's the thing i thought i thought we were very active on the glass we didn't always come down with the boards but i thought we we really competed well especially on the defensive end uh and so and that's kind of indicative of the ben howland team they're they're one of those teams you know ben's always been one of those coaches to put the premium on defense in this league you have to you got to be able to play defense but uh Again, I thought state wins. You went, you win the ball game, and you learn the lesson without a bunch of drama. You know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes you you play the ball game and you have to lose to learn the lesson. We kind of got sloppy late, and it nearly cost us the game. But it was an exhibition. But I was very, very impressed with South Alabama. Very impressed with their coach. In post game, uh, very gracious. And I thought Paul Jones made it brought up a great question in our media opportunity. Is the aren't these games more beneficial than playing? You know. Nai teams or semi-pro teams and beating them by seventy points, and and he said, yeah, they are. And I think we all agree. You get a real game, you get a real chance to to you know to kind of evaluate your weaknesses and find out where you're deficient. And I thought that state made some big runs in the second half and should have been able to put the game away and didn't. And I think a lot of that too is because it was an exhibition. But you also give South Alabama some credit. That game wasn't gonna count in the scoring column for either team. They had every opportunity to quit the game and they didn't. And that's good coaching. I really was really impressed with South Alabama. I expect them to probably win the Southland Conference uh, with all those seniors they have. And they have some guys that can really score. Uh, Mississippi State, I think, has got to find another option at guard. Uh, DJ had some moments yesterday. To me, he looks to be a little bit behind Molinar as a scorer. Uh, and Molinar can really finish around the rim. Uh, and so We've got some pieces there. Probably we'll go eight or nine deep once Wetherspoon is back. Uh, we saw we did see Life's King play a little bit. Those guys will be in the mix as well. But uh, eager to see what this team can do. I, I think this is an NCAA tournament team, I think, based on the pieces coming back and uh, the way the league kind of shakes out this year. We've got a real chance uh, to win some ballgames and do some cool things this year. But Reggie Perry is exciting, and uh, I think he went you know 29 minutes or so. And again, they didn't run a lot of offense through him in the second half. And you know, it, in big ball games, we certainly will do that. But uh, spread the ball around. Tyson Carter really kind of carried us early, kept us in the ball game uh, when we weren't necessarily shooting it exceptionally well. And that's one of the things with him playing the point is there will be times when he'll just kind of create some space for himself and elevate and drop a three over somebody. That's pretty cool to see. But uh, Iverson Molinar, remember the name. I think he's going to be a star at Mississippi State. I think uh, you guys are going to want to see him. I know I was intrigued, and then after watching him play, it's like, you know, we hear so much hype about players, and then they don't always match up to the expectation once the ball is tipped up. But this is one of those kids, at least for one day, he was as good as they said he was and probably even better. Well, that's going to do it for today. As you guys are well aware, Stark Villains is uh, being released this week. Your uh, pre-orders are already on the mail. It's already been, by the time you read this, there there has already been one drop of, uh, I guess, 350 books. It's already been to the mailbox, and um, the rest of them will go today. Maybe a couple of orders that have to go in the morning, but um, they'll all be in the mail, and uh, the book will be on your way. Had a great time in Tupelo. So many great Bulldogs came by and said hello and visited and uh, they end up selling over 50 books. And so uh, excited about the book and excited to hear to hear your reviews. I've had people that are already messed with me saying, you know, Steve, I, I love the book. And I like that I can skip around a little bit. Because it's, it while it is written in chronological uh, order, if you want to read, just jump ahead and say, hey, let me read what John Bond had to say, you know, about his four egg bowls. You, you can do that and you won't feel like you've missed anything. It, it's written with a consistent kind of maroon thread throughout the book so you can read it start to finish but let's just say for an example you want to go read a bedtime story to your kids or to yourself or whatever you can go skip around and read a chapter and not you know, not be lost you won't feel like that you've missed anything you just kind of jump in there and get started and start reading uh, and so it was kind of written with that in mind that I wanted the chapters to be able to stand up independently but at the same time be a part of one consistent story and so there is a cohesive message throughout the book but if you want to read the first couple of chapters and then you know you're running out of time or whatever you, you can go read what Derek McGee's had to say about his recruitment of uh, from Old Miss and others so uh, again it cannot wait for you guys to have this book in hand please let me know and uh I'm going to take some time and I'm going to enjoy this book tour and then I'll begin work on the next one and uh won't go two years in between books. At least that's not the plan. We'll probably go a year or so. i um, already eager to get going. I always feel like I'm, if I'm not doing anything, I feel like I'm standing still. But uh, I have committed to myself and to the people around me that love me that I'm going to take some time to enjoy the book tour. And uh, enjoy the, the fruits of the labor a little bit. And then get right back into writing another one. Because I, I just feel like this is what I was born to do. Reminder tonight, 8 p.m. Facebook live chat on the Bulldogs 247 Facebook page. And we'll also have our regular Monday night chat on jeans page at 10 p.m. So a busy day for me and uh, about to pack it up and go see Joe Moorhead and see what he has to say as we get ready to play the University of Arkansas. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. You know how to book flights and hotels.